Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, after losing a friend to tragedy, one person finds peace through signs that they are still around, even though they are not alive. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And it is 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. to share your real ghost stories with us or right hand at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you want all the free stuff, all the bonus stuff, all the stuff that keeps us on the air, our EPP bonus episodes, advanced episodes of the show, our archive of the world's largest audio collection of ghost stories, you get all that when you sign up to be a supporter of our show at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. We call them EPPs, extra podcast people. You sign up again, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories, and you'll get all of that and more. Our ebook or audiobook also on there as well. You get access to that as like a $30 value instantly uh, on top of all the other content. So it's uh, Tony and Carol uh, with you on today's episode. And uh, what's going on in your world? Not a lot, but I was going to ask you about yours. Yeah. Um, so you and Harper went hiking over yeah. the weekend mm-hmm. and you posted some pictures. You sent me some. Yeah. So there's, you guys found like an old house, Yeah, I, know. I guess. But so my question to you is, yeah. I don't know what's creepier. And I sat here and had a debate with myself going, what's creepier? Mm-hmm. A haunted house or you find a house with a kind of spray painting going on in every room yeah. that you guys found. I found that super creepy. It was pretty like, creepy. It was just weird because it looks like crackheads gone wild. Yes, it did. It's kind of what it looked like, which kind of creeps me out that, you know, there was a time when people were just like going all crazy in that house and spray painting everything. It was almost very Jesse Pinkman like uh, on Breaking Bad where the they just kind of went nuts in the house with all the uh, meth addicts. But it it was it was right off of a very well traveled and very nice hiking trail uh, here uh, in the northwest Arkansas area. So I I felt kind of okay going right by it because it was right there off the trail. Um, And I I shouted around, look, and made sure there's nobody around there. And there was nobody there. It's the middle of the day. Um, So it was just, it was a great place to take some creepy photos. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking around on the ground for needles and shit. Right, it's like, <laughs> but, be careful, Harper. Yeah, but we we didn't really find anything that was drug related. Thank God. I, I'm thinking they probably have it pretty well picked up and fairly well patrolled as to where it is now. I'm guessing a lot of those remnants were from several years back. And quite honestly, when I I went in there and looked around and took some of those pictures, I could kind of date when maybe this place had been kind of the little crack house that could uh, because. <laughs> Which is a new. <laughs> I'm never gonna look at a crack house the same way. It's a new series on PBS Kids. The little crack house that could. Um, and 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 I Flip just this crack house because I was like it was like McDonald's wrappers and Wendy's wrappers. Like I don't think McDonald's has had a wrapper like that in like 15, 20 years. So I was kind of like, okay, this was probably a while back, but it was still creepy. There's like a mattress on the floor and like parts of an old computer and just it was. 
it was sad and scary and but you know creepy and that's what we love so we took a whole bunch of pictures and then continued on our scenic nature walk on the side of a mountain and got some really cool pictures of waterfalls and all that and at the same you uh, really point, did yeah you get little uh, crack house that could and waterfalls so yeah. I, tell you, I tell you what i do go chasing those waterfalls they lead to the little <laughs> crack houses that could that i'm used to I know that I'm going to take a picture of something <laughs> at all. And it's little crack house that could. <laughs> so. Oh, don't go chasing little crack houses. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, uh, I posted those photos also on a, I joined one of the, the groups in the area for hiking and stuff. And I started asking around on there yesterday, like what are some other great trails that have abandoned places on them? Uh, Cause most people are, you know, enthralled with the nature aspect. I'm more up into the urban decay <laughs> of, uh, well, of these trails. You know, to me, it's kind of, it's a creepy house when you find one that's abandoned. So the first thing you go to is haunted. Yeah. But then when you walk in a house like that, that's got to have a kind of creepy vibe to it anyway. Mm-hmm. And see that it's been totally vandalized. Yeah. Then does that just piss off any spirits that were there? Because they can't do anything about it. It's it, like, it's just, great. Yeah. It's we a, were so happy in our little haunted house. And now. A, it was a weird place, too, because it was really just kind of off by itself. And there really isn't a road. And like, who, you know, and I couldn't really age it either. Like, there were aspects that looked old and there was aspects that did not look old. So. I don't know. I mean, this thing could have been built in the 70s or it could have been built in the 20s. I, I was so and hard to And it could have tell. been built in the 20s and had the add-on in yeah. the 70s. I, I, you know, I almost kind of suspect something like that. And maybe it was almost kind of a hermit type house because I, I, when I walked around the house, there was no bathroom in that house. Um, so I was like, this is kind of awkward that there's no bathroom in here. So I'm guessing there must've been an outhouse. Um, and also it's off kind of in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, there probably wasn't any sort of plumbing that would run to that house. Um, or I, it was just weird it, the metal roof and it was, yeah, it was a, a creepy sight to see. It was creepy. If you want to see the pictures of uh, the little crack house that could, uh, look on, um, <laughs> Uh, on my Instagram uh, at uh, Ghost Podcast, or you can uh, follow me on Facebook uh, or Instagram or wherever. Uh, and they're up there. Posted around January 31st is when uh, you'll see those pictures that were put up. It might be the little crack house that couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I think it failed finally. It finally... I don't think it can. <laughs> I, I got a really cool picture of Harper. Uh, standing, just looking into like this, uh, this black doorway and it's just the creepiest photo. And there's like a big heart that's spray painted on the side of the house, like right by where she's standing. Yeah. And it's just a, and I, I just, I sit there and I snap a gazillion pictures and you end up seeing like 10 of the 200 that I took. Um, but, uh, it was just a really neat, I don't know, interesting piece. This, this unassuming little girl that's so cute with her little fluffy ear hat on in front of this crack house. You know? <laughs> it's a juxtaposition. With the heart, ne- the heart next to the, the door that she's staring into the darkness. Of. <laughs> Harper's like, it was, That's yeah, so cool. it was creepy. Yeah, it was, but it was, uh, it was cool. She loves those sort of things. And I would never take her to any sort of place where I felt like there was legitimate danger um, or anything like that. I mean, there's so many places I see on the sides of the road. I'd love to stop off and just go and take pictures. But those are the ones where there's likely people at. I don't think a lot of them are hanging out at the well-traveled uh, 
you know, uh, abandoned crack houses off of uh, high-traveled nature trails in northwest Arkansas. But hey, it's 2021. Who's to say? Uh, <laughs> let's go to our first letter of the day. Of course, our phone number is 855-853-4802. First one says, hey, guys, Amber from Bend, Oregon. Came across your show about six months ago and was immediately hooked, became an EPP, and have been happily addicted ever since. I'd wanted to send in one of my many stories for a while now, especially when I heard how many others have had an experience with pennies. I thought I was the only one. I've had quite a few paranormal experiences in my 36 years, but I want to share the one that's especially important to me. Back when I was in sixth grade, I found my best friend, Lori. We were inseparable, a couple of delinquent kids who found each other. We became like sisters, always together. Lori and I both came from troubled backgrounds, meth addicts, her parents, who were always getting into trouble in one way or another. In the end, though, we had each other through all the ups and downs. Lori had a very traumatic childhood. At a young age, she was raped by a family member. Her mother did not believe her and would lock her in her room. The family member lived with them, so the abuse happened frequently. It would kill me to listen to her, but I did because I loved her and wanted to be there for her. Lori had attempted suicide on multiple occasions and suffered from major depression. In high school at 15, Lori got a new boyfriend. I see a new light in her eyes. She was happy. She ended up getting pregnant at 16, had my beautiful goddaughter. She ended up moving to Alaska with her family. It broke my heart, but I was so happy for her. Lori was always the worst at self-sabotage, especially when things were going well for her. It was like she did not think she deserved happiness. She ended up cheating on her boyfriend, and he left her. She ended up flying home, picked her up at the airport. She confessed to me that she had lost everything and had taken a lot of pills to kill herself. I've always been supportive of Lori in any way I could, but I lost my shit on her. She had a daughter now, and this was not the end of the world. Skip forward a few years, Lori ended up going back to Alaska. She started life with just her and her daughter. We talked almost every day. That's until my demons rose to the surface. I'd gotten divorced from my husband because I learned he had cheated on me and I had a problem with him since I was 17 and felt like my world had just crumbled. I, like a dumbass, turned to meth to numb my pain. I rode that crazy-ass roller coaster for three years and hurt a lot of people on the way. Lori is one of them. She understandably cut me out of her life. Jump a few years later, I had been clean and sober for almost three years. I'd made amends with a lot of people. When it came to Lori, though, she was my kindred spirit, my best friend, and I was so ashamed that I hurt her. It ate at me and ate at me. One day I said to myself, I need to make this right. I sent her a message on Facebook, checked the status of it for weeks to see if she read it. I finally deleted the message on my end because it was driving me crazy. I poured my heart into that message, and even if she did not want to speak to me, I still wanted her to know what I had to say. But a month later, I was surprised to hear from her older brother. He was always with Lori and me and was also my first love. He'd give me updates on Lori and we stayed connected. He told me about the roller coaster of life Lori had had. She turned to alcohol and it had gotten worse. She was, I hate to say, not being the mother. She should have been to her daughter. This resulted in the father getting full custody. His job moved him to Georgia. And just like that, her daughter was in Georgia and here in Alaska. The latest update he got from him was positive. She had met someone. He was quite a bit older than Lori, but she seemed happy. She had gotten her heavy equipment operator's license and was making good money in Alaska. One day I was relaxing uh, since it was my day off. I received a message from her brother asking me to call immediately. I could not dial the phone quick enough. When it came to that family, I dropped everything for them. He answered the phone and instantly I knew something was wrong. The way he said my name sent shivers down my spine. He proceeded to tell me that Lori was dead. 
I cannot wrap my mind around this. I managed to say, what do you mean? He said, I said, Lori's dead. What? How? I asked him. He was hysterical and could hardly talk. He said, they're saying she shot herself. Everything gets fuzzy for me for a bit. I remember screaming, falling to my knees and feeling like I had been kicked in the chest. I told him I had to go and hung up the phone. I screamed. I cried. I cannot wrap my head around this. This was not right. This is not supposed to be happening. I cannot be true. After I do not know how long, I finally called him back. I told him I was sorry, but he understood. He started giving me the information that he had. She and her husband had been out and had some drinks. An argument occurred, and he had left. He came the back the next morning and found her in the room, gun in hand, on the bed. I questioned this at first, but knew in my heart it was true. If he had told her he was leaving and she thought she was going to be alone... I could see her doing it, especially if she was intoxicated. She was always very impulsive and reacted before thinking. I hurt. And I hurt a lot. That is when the pennies started appearing. In the most random spots. At first, I didn't think anything of it. Until it was happening so much. After about five days straight of finding pennies in random spots, I finally asked Lori, Is that you? If it is making sure I find another penny tomorrow. Sure enough, I did. When I found it, I felt the sensation all through my body. It's hard to explain, kind of like when your arms fall asleep, but all over your body. I knew it was her. I could feel her and found a penny for almost two months straight. I kept them all on a shelf in my room. One day, I did one of those Facebook, who is your best friend on your friends list quiz things. Laurie and I had not been a friend on Facebook in a long time, and we were not at the time of her death. Would not, you know... Once the test populated its results, whose picture is smack in the middle? Lori's. I cried, and I cried so hard. How could she have been on there if she weren't on my friends list? That sensation came over me again. September rolled around, and I made the nine-hour drive to her mom's house. The family all stayed together there as we were going to have a little memorial for Lori. Just us, as funds were short. We're going to release lanterns out over the bay and just remember our girl. We could not have picked a windier night to release paper lanterns out over the water. The winds kept blowing the flame out, and we could not get them in the air. Glory's brother, who was helping me light the lanterns, finally yelled, Damn it, Lori, make the wind stop! Just like that, the winds calmed. We got the lanterns lit and in the air. It was beautiful. And again, we both started bawling our eyes out. While I was there for four days with the family, I had confessed to her brother about writing her an email. I had not mentioned it before. He looked at me and said, I know. I must have looked confused. He proceeded to tell me Lori had told him I wrote her. She wanted him to reach out to me. Hence the reason he got a hold of me through Facebook. Lori and I were so close until my addiction. We were always the ones we knew would never hurt one another. When I had let her down, she was understandably hesitant, but was curious. So while he was giving me updates on her, he was also giving her updates on me. This made me so happy. I yet again bawled my eyes out. I obviously wished... We had connected prior, but was happy she got to hear what I needed to say to her. Although I do not find pennies five years later, I still feel her with me. I still get those body tingles from time to time, and I always will ask, is that my girl? They always get super intense after that, and I love it. I have since reconnected with her daughter and have a piece of my girl back. Thank you for listening to my story. I have more dating back to elementary school, but this one is close to my heart. And what I wanted to share first. Take care, Amber. Carol's crying. 
I know. <laughs> that made me so emotional. Yeah. I knew Everything it would with the pennies. Everything about that story. Yeah. There was, I mean, there was a lot of good parts, but I knew you could relate with the, um, the, with pennies. the pennies. Yeah. You know, and it, it was upsetting because, you know, here's two girls who were never set up for success. You know, the fact that they both ended up with addictions and in bad relationships and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, it goes to their parents. Yep. And, you know, it makes me sad. But. The pennies thing. Oh my God. Yes. Like, you know, and she said she, five years later, she doesn't find him anymore. But after she hears this story, I bet she starts finding him again. Cause it's really funny. Like I'll think, you know, I haven't found one for a while or I'll get upset. Like I've had a lot going on with my mom lately cause she had a stroke. And yeah. so and my mom and my dad weren't really very close and <laughs> didn't really like each other. Sure. But um, it's just been a lot on my mind. And like the other day, I was just like kind of wrapped up in myself and I'm outside and I look down, I'm standing right by a penny. And I'm like, you know about it. Yep. And so every time I find a penny, I always stop and have a conversation with my dad. You know, it's about what's happening today or, yeah, I've got a lot on my mind or whatever it is. But I always stop and have that conversation in my brain, not out loud. Mm -hmm. Then I would look crazy. <laughs> I kind of am. You might but as well just do I it am out the loud. person that's having a conversation prompted by a penny. Yeah. but I saw someone know, doing that something. the other day outside of the uh, subway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's... Uh, it's, I think, you know, and like we were talking about the Cardinals and I think butterflies, a lot of people see those, you know, I think there's just little signs like that. There are. And I bet, I just would be surprised that she doesn't start finding him again. Now I, that she's put that story out into the world, yeah. I think she'll start finding him again. It'd be interesting to hear an update if that, uh, if that does occur, please do let us know. And I'm glad that you found the show. Uh, that, was a, that was a good emotional story. It was. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to caller. Hi, let's hear your story. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Um, I am a newcomer to uh, the Real Ghost Stories Online, but I am a gravekeeper uh, at the Grave Talks, Patreon, love it. And actually, I moved over to um, Real stories online because I've listened to every single episode of the Grave Talks and um, I just need um, something else to satisfy my craving for the weird and the unusual and you guys are the best and I love you so much. So anyway, here's a quick um, fun little story from a long time ago. Um, I was a new real estate agent and um, I was probably about 23 or 24 years old and I got a call to show one of our new listings and um, it was about seven o'clock in the evening the appointment was set for. Um, the house had just gone on the market that very day and I was very excited to show the house and make a sale and um, a, just a short while later I actually got another call for a second showing following my seven o'clock showing. So turns out I had a seven o'clock and a 7.30 showing. And I show up to the house, which is vacant at, you know, just before seven o'clock. And I meet 
my first potential buyers, um, a family, a husband and wife. And I believe that they were alone um, a long time ago, so I can't remember exactly. But um, they walked in to this 1970-ish split-level home that was just very tastefully done and, again, vacant, nothing really spectacular, just a very nice family home. And when they walked in, we shook hands and introduced ourselves. And I said, as I normally would, please, you know, help yourself and show yourself around. And so the wife sort of walks around, um, walks away from us, the husband and I, and he stands there and proceeds to tell me that this is the home that he grew up in. And I said, oh my gosh, you know, how wonderful for you. I'm so happy that you get to come back and check it out. And, you know, um, are you, you know, you're thinking about buying your childhood home. That must be exciting. And he says to me, um, just very blatantly and without any sort of apology, oh no, I'm not here to buy the house. Um, I have no intentions of buying the house. I just wanted to come back in one more time um, and see my old family home. By the way, this home is haunted. And feeling so awkward and not knowing what to say, I said, oh, okay, um, that's hilarious. And, you know, um, I, I don't know what to say at this point. I'm sort of between a rock and a hard place, I guess, because now I realize I'm not going to make a sale. And now I just basically have a couple of looky-loos that just want to walk around and, and take a look. And add to that now, this guy has sort of made me feel a little bit weird by telling me that this house is haunted. And um, at the time, I clearly have, I believe nothing of this and um, think it's probably just, you know, um, this guy wanting to see his old bedroom or, or something like that. So he proceeds to walk around the house and um, says, you know, everything looks just like it always did. And you know, here's my bedroom. It was up here in the back. It was the bedroom all the way at the end of the hall. And, um, you know, thanks for letting us walk through and hope you have a great night. And that was it. Off they went. And I thought, what a monumental waste of my time. Here I am trying to make a sale at seven o'clock at night. And these people just wanted to come in and, and look around their old stomping grounds. And so it was just a short while later that my second appointment showed up at 7.30, and it was the nicest young couple, um, a husband and wife with a brand new baby who I would guess to be less than six months old. Um, they walked in, and um, again, I gave them the spiel. Hello, nice to meet you. So happy you came. Please help yourself and show yourself around. And if you have any questions, I'll be right here in the living room kitchen area. Um, you know, if you need any help. And almost immediately, the baby started to fuss. And as I was trying to explain, you know, the layout of the house and where the bedrooms were and, you know, where the bathrooms were and how nice the kitchen was, the baby really started to fuss a lot, lot more. And she started to become almost kind of inconsolable. And I felt, you know, I felt bad for the new parents because the mom was sort of shuffling the baby back and forth on her hip and, and trying to get her to quiet down. And you could tell that she was just kind of getting a little bit embarrassed. And I said, you know, it's fine. Why don't you just go walk her around? And um, I let them walk through the house and sort of show themselves around. And um, I kind of followed behind them, but 
maybe a few paces back to sort of give them privacy to be able to talk and look through all the different rooms. And, um, you know, obviously I needed to see the house myself. And so um, I walked around with them and took a look in all the different rooms and in the basement and everything. And it looked pretty much like a 70s style split level that had had a few upgrades and it was really nothing special or out of the ordinary. Um, but again, all the while, this baby is fussy, fussy, fussy. To the point where the couple actually came back to the kitchen area where I was and um, they said, you know, we need to go and we're so sorry. We apologize, but we just cannot get her to calm down. And, you know, it's sort of distracting at this point. And I completely understood. And I handed them the listing um, information, the papers that I had with me and were standing in the kitchen. And no sooner did I hand them those papers than the light fixture in the kitchen that is affixed to the ceiling falls straight from the ceiling onto the floor and shatters into a million pieces. Uh, we look over, obviously we are completely stunned. We, we don't know what to say. We don't know how to act. And I apologized profusely and I said, you know, is everybody okay? Um, this light fixture fell within two feet of all of us. And so there were shards of glass just literally everywhere. And they were very startled, understandably. On top of the baby being fussy, they had just had enough of, of this showing. And they said, you know, we're so sorry. We're going to go. We'll be in touch with you. And I said, absolutely. And I showed them to the door. Um, and, of course, I, I showed them to the door, and I shut the door, and I came back. And I stood in the kitchen, and I looked, and I said, what in the actual hell just happened? How did that light fixture fall completely out of the ceiling? And for what reason? And why were we standing right next to it? And I was like upset thinking whoever put that light fixture up there ought to be told about themselves because that thing is dangerous. They could have fallen right on one of us. It could have fallen on this mother holding her child. And I look up at the ceiling and, you know, the actual entire light fixture, um, bolts and all, is, is gone. It's on the floor and there's just bare wires hanging out of this uh, ceiling. And it takes about a, a heartbeat for me to realize that the first showing I had and what he said to me, and that was all it took. I remember him saying, this house is haunted. And all of a sudden, everything just started flooding into my mind. This baby crying, this light fixture falling down, these agitated parents and Immediately, I realized I was standing in this kitchen completely by myself, and it was now probably about 8 o'clock at night, and it was dark outside, and I was scared to death. I had to go through this entire home, and I had to shut off every single light, including the basement, including all the bedrooms, and I'll tell you, I could not get out of there fast enough. I'll be surprised if I actually locked the door or shut it completely. Um, before that moment, I really hadn't not much experience with the paranormal um, that I knew. Now being older, I know that I had more experiences, but at that point I was just a young kid really, and I had just had a, a very odd experience that I couldn't explain. And so 
um, I hightailed it out of there and I never looked back. And the next morning, I actually went back to work um, and I, I knocked on my boss's door. She was the owner of the company. And I said, I need to talk to you about something. You know, I showed our brand new listing last night and I, I remember feeling so foolish and thinking, she is never going to respect me again after I tell her this. And I said, I thought about it a lot and I feel like this is something I need to tell you because I don't know what the real estate laws are here and I don't know if this is something that we need to tell people, but I showed the house last night to uh, the previous owners of the house and they told me the house is haunted. And of course, she just gave me that grin and shook her head like she'd heard this story a million times before and she just said, before you ask anything else, no, we don't need to tell anybody and nobody needs to know about that story. And according to the laws in our state, nothing has ever happened there. And she said, you don't need to mention it again. In fact, I'd prefer if you don't mention it to anyone else but me. Um, and she said, you know, that's not something that we want to advertise. And I stopped short of telling her what happened in the house because I felt like um, she probably didn't want to hear it. And to be honest, I, I didn't want to repeat it. And um, it, it was something that sticks with me to this day. I still can't explain it. Could have been nothing. Could have been some faulty wiring. It could have been some shoddy work. Um, it, it just could have been, you know, a very big coincidence. But um, that one hour of my life was... Um, very, very spooky and left me with um, a very big impression. So thanks for listening to my story. I'm so excited to hear all the stories to come. And I love your podcast. And I think you guys are great. And I keep up the good work. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that. That was a great real estate story. I have wondered about that yeah. with realtors before. Yeah. Like, because you are going into a house. You mm -hmm. don't know. I mean, you probably know a little history of the house because you have to know the basics, but you wouldn't necessarily know if it was haunted. And you're in the house at weird times of the day. Yeah. And and I've thought about that before. And then to hear that story, I'm like, oh my God, it really does happen. It but does. Like, how does a light fixture fall completely out with all of, you know, normally if one of the, it's not screwed in right, one of the screws stays in. No, I think it was yanked out of the ceiling is what it sounds like with bolts yeah. and all. I mean, it's hard enough sometimes when you're, you're you're purposely trying to get a light fixture off of your ceiling uh, that it's st stuck into those some of those things so hard or somebody, you know, stripped a screw or they put it in the wrong way and trying to pry those things off of them. I've had ones I could literally hang off of and it wouldn't come out. Um, so for it to just be torn down like that I mean no that there was something that pulled that thing with massive amounts of force and then with the excuse me the family coming in with the baby that was so upset yeah so you know I would probably be like this house is haunted this house is haunted like I can get that out of my house my head but with the baby being so fussy mm -hmm. then that's distracting yeah because it's like what's the matter with their baby and that's just crazy. Mm -hmm. I wonder if she had to go back and show it again. She I, must not have. She would yeah, have said something. I, yeah, I wonder what the uh, what the ultimate uh, story of the house was. But I mean, I, I wonder how frequently that happens where real estate agents get people that. 
I mean, and that's why as if you're an agent, that's where you do the whole pre-qualifying and before you even really start showing them um, just so you're not wasting your time left and right like that. Um, but, you know, when you're kind of starting up, you're probably going to take anybody that you can get, you know, at, to, to just kind of get the balls rolling. But uh, just to have that, because I've thought of that before of um, there's so many houses that I see that are for sale that are like abandoned or have been abandoned for a long period of time. I just I need to like befriend like a local real estate agent and be like, hey, uh, can we go like look at some of these? I just want to go take pictures. <laughs> I'll buy you dinner or something. <laughs> you know, just- I just see houses like there's some houses in my town that are just freaking amazing and so haunted. Like you just drive by them and it's like, oh, yeah. But I want to go in them so bad yeah. just to see what it looks like on the inside. But you can't really just go up and knock on a door. But I have friends, I haven't done it, that like there was a house for sale for a while. And it every picture had orbs in it. Oh, wow. And so, he, you know you know him. He used to work at the radio skate yeah. station. And he went and looked at it. And I said, was it creepy as it looked? And he goes, oh, yeah, it was very creepy. Really? So I thought, that's a good opportunity is for someone like us. Mm-hmm. To go in and look at the house with no intention of buying it. Yeah. I saw one the other day, a little rental house, just because I don't know why it popped up on Facebook Marketplace. Because before I bought this one, I was looking to rent. Mm-hmm. So I still see rental properties coming up. Yeah. And I'm looking at the house and it looked like it's probably you know, built in the 60s or 70s. And it's like a kind of boring little kitchen. Oh, that's kind of an ugly little room. And then it's like, holy shit, there's orbs everywhere yeah and then the next picture orbs 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 the next fi- picture orbs then no more like there's about five more pictures no more orbs i was like oh hell no who would go rent that house there was one that that individual sent me a while back it's been a couple of years it was it was a real estate picture too and it was there was like an apparition in it um that was it <gasps> And it was just like, oh my, and it was legit. Like he sent me the link to like the Zillow listing. So it wasn't like, you know, I found this on Facebook and take a look at this. It was, whoops, we accidentally Photoshopped this in. Oh my God. It was just like, wow, that's, that's creepy weird. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm the worst person at seeing ghosts in photos and people send me, I'm always like, huh? But I don't think, I mean, but so many people will see much more than I see in the photos. I don't know if that's a sensitivity thing or they're looking for things more than I am. I don't know. But when it's that clear that I'm like, holy shit, that's a good photo. <laughs> because Yeah, because some of them are kind of like baby pictures when the baby's still in the womb that yeah. you kind of look at it and you're like, is that a baby? Uh, squid? Or what is that exactly? Yeah, exactly. Now you're, Harper's, I remember Harper's picture. It was like, it was an alien or a devil, something like that. Her, <laughs> her little picture was all messed up. Which stuff. one? Because she had two. She had a black the sonogram. She had the black and white sonogram that looked bad. It was but black but, and white. But okay, then, but then there was one that was kind of that, that <laughs> sepia color, and it was like a 3D image of her, and they were just starting to do those at the time. And it totally, I still have it. It so looks like her. And it was, I was so amazed just how accurate that was when she came out that I could actually really, I could already knew what, what her little face was going to look like. The other one was I'm like, what are you having? The other one. Yeah. She was a snake. Boy, girl, or what is that? 
<laughs> I know. But I do that a lot with ghost pictures because people be like, can you see this? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm trying to see what are we looking at exactly? I uh, I'm not good at, at seeing the visuals. I, I can pick out EVPs pretty good if I'm listening to it. But even then, I mean, that's all kind of up to conjecture unless it's a real, really good one, like a class A where it's just clear as day. Um, the ones where it gets kind of muddy, it's like, I like tuna fish. Is that what it said? That's an odd. Or, yeah. Or like it'll say and listen, it says I like tuna fish. And yeah. so now I'm listening for I like tuna. Exactly. Fish. And that's why you, 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 know? you can't have somebody tell you what it says before you hear it. And really what it said was, hey, what's up? Exactly. And, like, you know, so you tend to, even with the ghost pictures, it's like, do you see the blah, blah, blah in the window? And I'm like, no, yeah, kind of. And then you kind of talk yourself into that you saw yeah. it. And that happens. And it's, you know, some, it's just, it's the power of how our brains work. It's always trying to make sense. And if somebody's giving it the roadmap as to where the should be going, it's going to get there sooner, whether or not that's truly what where we should be perceiving or not. We're already told out of something somewhat sketchy, this is what it is. So your brain's like, okay, it is what it is. And then you're like, okay, yeah, yeah sure. But, but I wonder if there's other people who do that. They see like the orbs on a, a house for sale and then they just go look at it just to see if they pick up on it. I bet there are. I would think it's common, right? I bet there are. I'm going to start like perpetually looking for a house, even though I'm not moving anywhere. Just, just to, like every once in a while, can I go see this one? Cause there, there was one that I looked at here, uh, before it came to the the farm and it was such a neat house and it had been like in this family since like 1840 something. I remember you telling me about and, that. And oh my God, it kept getting built onto and built onto and built onto. It was almost, you know, it wasn't Winchester like, but in a smaller sense, it was Winchester like, cause it made <laughs> no sense. Like this is a weird Stare- room. Stairs to nowhere. Yeah, there, like doors I didn't. To nothing. There was one way to. There was like one bedroom. You had to like go on a spiral staircase on the side of the house, cross the roof, and then go through a door on the roof to get into this bedroom. What the hell? <laughs> and it's like they were just. It was probably a family that had a whole bunch of kids, and it's like, where are we putting Jim Bob? Where are we putting you know Sally Mae? And like, well, I think we can build a little shelter up here on the roof, pa. And they did. And uh, and so these the, it's just the most bizarre. But there was so many. I like places like that because I'm weird and I could make so much fun out of those houses and make them look really cool. Um, but at the same point, who the hell's ever going to buy that thing again? <laughs> and I can only imagine the mold and the this and the that of a property that old and how much would need to be gutted and changed. And it's just, you know, I, I don't I'm not a millionaire. I, I haven't won the lottery. So. Uh, but it was a neat place. It, it really, if someone had a couple million yeah, bucks, tour it, yeah, but don't buy it. If someone had a couple million bucks and they wanted to, you know, just kind of go nuts on an old home that has a ton of history to it, that would have been a really cool one to do it with. Because there's the just Jim Bob house. Yeah, it was just uh, it was a weird one, and it still sits. It's still standing. I, I'm and I almost wonder. I don't know. It's in an area where there's a lot of development, and I could see it probably. You know, somebody buying it for the land and knocking the house down at some point. And it probably would be more profitable than trying to rehabilitate the property. Uh, Anyway, that's going to wrap up uh, today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, become an extra podcast person. EPP, sign up at ghostpodcast.com. 
or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to get all the bonus material, the largest audio archive of ghost stories in history. Five bucks a month, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. For Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.